Hello. This is a house on Valencia Street. I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics of conversation will be ghosts, paranormal, uh, rape, incest, femicide, murder, BDSM, kink, uh, gosh, emancipation, foster care. I think you're getting a theme. You're getting a getting a little heads up here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about all of it uh, or any of it. I'll give you a little snippets now and again. We'll see what happens. Um, my goal is to inform you that this is an intense podcast and I've had an intense, uh, some, some experiences that might be infor- informational, that might be useful for you. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be an interesting ride. Okay, let's see. Are we on episode uh, four? All right. Uh, Today is uh, April 10th, 2021. Yeah, about 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, Got a candle lit. Looking at some photos of my mama. And uh, I don't know, should I name him? I got a stepdad. Mom married a few times, dad married a few times, but mom's last husband, uh, I I love him a lot, and they were happy together. They only had five years together, but uh, well, he uh, (laughs) had a heart connection, real strong one, and then he died. He had a heart attack while I was visiting, and uh, I had to arrange everything. (laughs) God, what was I, 25? Yeah. A lot of times when you grow up in a an environment where there's codependency or dysfunction or alcoholism, which their alcoholism is a theme through the whole thing with all the abusers. Um, they were raging alcoholics. Um, I would um, also counter, <clears throat> um, I gotta, oh wait, is there anything else in the disclaimer I got to get on? Um, I think the thing before we even get pushing on here is uh, through meditation and prayer for the last couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of mantras and I've been trying to raise some type of a, a knowledge of my next path, right? You know, because I'm getting by out here and I'm a recluse and I live out here in the country and uh, I have to be careful about who I let into my field, I guess is what I'd say. I choose to be around half about half a dozen people and I keep my place secure. But, you know, there's things and I, I have structured in things so I feel I'm being taken care of. I got, yeah, I'm trying to keep it, uh, uh, safe for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the things that when you live through the stuff that we live through at that house and, um, a side effect of the PTSD is every room in this house I have was, it has, um, I got weapons in every room. I got weapons in every room. I sleep when I sleep, I got two, I got a two weapons I can reach out for if I need to. All right. And, um, you know, there's a raffle range. Sometimes I go practice with a friend. I keep myself protected, right? I, I gotta, I'm sharp that way. But um, it's sad, you know, it's sad that to have gone through with what we lived through, you know, trying to kill my mama I and mean, did kill my neighbor. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, foster sisters are dead. You know, it's like to survive and not go crazy because they don't care if you die. <laughs> you have to, um, you know, there's ways to do it. And I'm just one of them. And like I said, I may be a shining example or a horrible warning. Um, I was trying, I asked spirit a lot in prayer and meditation. And I was like, you know, I kept being told, you know, it was over and over. I get paid for being me. 
I get paid for being me, you know, and then I'd visualize all this money coming to me. And it was like, what is me? What is me? And I had to go back to that. You know, what is, what is identity? You know, cogito ergo sum, you know, uh, Descartes. So, you know, what, what is my identity? Who am I? Do I exist? Right. So, um, you know, what I am is a rape survivor and an abuse survivor and a psychic and a high IQ. Well, let's get back to intelligence quotient. What is IQ? Uh, I can get on with that one. Um, one of my best friends all the way through. Uh, we met in kindergarten and uh, we're still friends 40 years later. <laughs> you know, for some reason, they keep me around. I don't know. But uh, he, he was a National Merit Honor Scholar and uh, he had glasses and we read books together. <laughs> Because, baby, I know how to party, let me tell you. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I think what I'm kind of coming to the point of is uh, Spirit told me to talk about the house. Spirit specifically told me to talk about the house on Valencia Street and what occurred there. And you're talking to a woman that any time I'm in Walla Walla, okay, I I'm not revealing the address right now. I mean, why would you? I, I think um, I'm, as a Buddhist, uh, I I'm shy to approach, right? So um, uh, I want to be humble. You know, and uh, when I was younger, I needed ego and pride. I needed the stage. I needed people to think I was funny and smart, you know, and um, I don't, you know, I was I'm in a belly dance guild. You know, I've, I've performed. Uh, <laughs> I still perform, but I don't do it publicly because I don't I don't, ha I don't need the validation. I don't need the ego validation. And I'm I'm very good now. Like I'm confident and, and I'm, I get good feedback from, you know, so and also I have a partner. I get to share that. Um, but it's one way that I was able to claim my body. And I got, um, a lot of times when you're a sexual abuse survivor, you, um, you go extremes. We'll get more into that perhaps on the way, but I want to get to the spirit and soul thing. I believe God and spirit guided me to talk about the house on Valencia street, because while the spiritual stuff is going to be the cake, that's going to be the money. That's going to be, Oh, that's fucked up. Let's talk about the weird ghost shit. I'm looking through the prism of all this abuse, you know, and all this validation that they get to kill us when they want to, you know? And, um, that's the hard part. And that's why I'm like, you know, God, why are you making me talk about this? It's so hard, you know? And, and I think what I'm realizing more as I'm walking through it is that, uh, yeah, there's going to be the ghosty shit, but there's also going to be the, you're going to be dead if you don't shut up, you know, you're going to be dead if you don't satisfy that person the way they want it, you know? And so, and my heart's pounding right now while I'm talking about it. I'm going to pause for a second. This is how a PTSD survivor regulates their emotion. I, I'm drinking a, a cup of tea. And today, um, it's, it may sound like a small, small thing, but making a cup of tea takes a lot of executive function for me sometimes. <laughs> and um, uh, there's a psychological theorem about spoons that um, uh, abuse survivors only have so much focus because they've been damaged. You know, I have scars in my brain from that rape, you know, and that's why I stutter when I talk about it, uh, because... Um, it was a Pandora's box when it opened up, you know. So my goal is to be present as a PTSD survivor. And I'm, I'm, and the other thing I'm going to say is I'm fucking sick of people who haven't been raped telling me how I got to talk about being raped. Okay? That's the, I'm pissed off about that. It was so hard for me to say my dad gave my sister gonorrhea when she was nine. And he threw my half-brother against the wall so hard he broke his arm. I had to say, I said that out loud. You know what? I don't want to say that out loud. It scares me to say that out loud. Nobody wants to hear it. You're, you're fucking pariah if you say it. But I got to walk around my life in my head knowing that. And I don't want to harm other people. I don't want to bring them harm. That's why consent is real important. That's why in my later life, kink and BDSM has been a very empowering 
conversation about power exchange. And I tell you what, <laughs> if you're responsible and you come up with some safe words and you do some research and you do as I have study under a master and slave couple or a couple of prominent people in the BDSM community. And if you're going to dish it, you better take it too. If you're going to be whipping anybody, you better feel it too. But one way PTSD survivors survive is um, I had to survive around my sexuality, around violence and murder. Okay. And um, I survived. I don't want to have to apologize. I don't want to hurt anybody. Although I get to exist as I am presently with these parts of me that, you know, there's one sex act I don't like. Well, it's not that I don't like, but I kind of crawl away from it. And I th it's, he did that to me, right? And um, I I'm comfortable in my sexuality and I'll share that part. Yet it's like forever, forever. That That's always part of me. <sighs> and I'm talking about it <laughs> here at the house, house on Valencia Street. So I guess spirit is telling me to talk about all those ghosties and shit, but it's also telling me to talk about surviving that, you know, and not being ashamed. I'm not going to be ashamed. And it's messy. You know, there's psychic ability. There's this lineage of, I think there's a genetic predisposition to the psychic ability and the way I perceive electricity. I can't explain it. I won't talk to Delbert. I won't talk to, you know, Charlie and talk to them about how they worked with it. And there's people in my, um, the left-handed girls in my family got it. My grandma had it. I had it. The, the psychic ability. Um, the precognition, the, you know, intuitive thing. And um, I can give you an example of how that looks like today with the intuitive stuff. I'm trying to figure out how to get back on the ghost stuff. But again, when I go back to the, the house on Valencia Street, um, it's so weird because I feel like I'm 10 to 13 years old again and I get a little tiny, little tiny baby me. Um, but anyway, let's get back to managing PTSD. So um, put my hands around a warm cup of tea and coffee. Brings me in my body. Okay. It's really easy to get out of your body once they did what they did to you. <laughs> you could just associate for long periods of time. One reason I became really athletic, uh, I think I did over 20 PE courses for my undergrad stuff. Um, you know, it was volleyball, running, weightlifting. Oh, man, I'm strong. I'm good on weightlifting. Uh, I could run seven, eight miles pretty easy. Um, you know, so I learned I was strong. And I, I've, it was like, you going to do that to me? You going to hurt me? Now, this is an indicator. I'll say heads up. Um, you look at anorexia and bulimia, that's not my issue. Although I do have a PTSD symptom uh, and I struggle with it. Um, I was thinking I might discuss how I manage my PTSD symptoms uh, just to be an example of one person surviving, you know, like I have cheat foods. I can't, um, I can't eat sometimes. Um, all food tastes like sawdust. And I believe that's directly connected to the disassociation from the sexual abuse and the physical abuse and the threats. Um, and terror that we survived. Um, so I have cheap foods, like I got chia seeds, that's healthy for you. I got a cup of tea, that's healthy for you. It's a purifying peppermint's good for your, your it's good for your body. Um, ginseng, there's a lot of herbs that are good for you. Um, I got a soy protein shake, it's real healthy. Um, I eat, it's got it's pea protein, whey protein, it's natural. I'm about lacto-vegetarian. Uh, my Buddhism kind of complements that. And I think when you've got so many jangly parts and survivor stuff going through you, you, can't, you compensate with, I have to be very still. I like long periods of silence. I'd be very boring to some people. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's got to be a lot of music. I got to stir it up. Go, come on, Lizzo. Let's kick some ass. By my whip. By myself. Pay my rent. By myself. 
Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Okay. So uh, let's get back to it. Consent, consent, consent. Over 18, over 18. You better be over 18 listening to this shit. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's healthy for you. I recognize that. So, uh, oh boy. Okay. PTSD symptoms. I'm drinking my peppermint tea. I'm going to take a sip. Oh my. That's fantastic. Sometimes when I'm disassociating or I'm having a hard time being present, I'll go through the five senses. You know, journalism, I took my journalism study and education, um, who, what, when, where, why, who, what, when, where, why. Also, if you're going to be quoting, you're going to be quoting anything, Associated Press, Pulitzer Prize, you pay attention to your sources. Okay, I do. And don't make sure to credit the author. That's very important. Okay. Um, <laughs> very. If, you've had your, if you had your writing ripped off, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm still trying to figure out how to be anonymous and, you know, Anchor is my people. You're taking care of me now, but... Uh, I, uh, I want to keep it simple and predators don't like you talking about predation that, you know, if you give away their secrets, they're going to come get you. They don't want you talking about it. I've had to be burning some sage in my house. I'm not sleeping as well. I'm bringing up some ghosts and it's getting to me a little. Um, but God's telling me to talk about it. So I'm talking about it. I'm talking about the house on Valencia street. Um, so some of the ways I manage my PTSD symptoms when I've got so many spoons and I, my perception of what they talk about spoons is you got a limited resource because you've been harmed. And so since those neural pathways are truncated or uh, there's parts of you that are cut off or unavailable or it's so painful to go to that place, you just shut it off. Right. Um, for example, uh, whew, it's going to be tough. Whew, okay. Come on. Everybody told me I hadn't been raped. Well, guess what? Here comes Trump. Here comes a friend you've had 35 years. You love her. Politically, you're different. And you're posting Associated Press articles about coroners and 12 dead people in Washington State because it's COVID. Why do Trump people, why are these people in denial? And that's the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm going to quote American Beauty, the movie. Never underestimate the power of denial. <laughs> There's people cut their own arm off to not acknowledge something. And it takes you, it's going to take you some maturity and time to figure out, um, don't talk to people who ain't listening to you. You're going to waste your time. You try to convince somebody to listen to you. You're going to waste a lot of your fucking time. You, and, you know, just ripped off the goddamn bandage and walk off. You know, uh, I, I've spent years of my life wasting energy trying to talk to somebody who had structured something to get me to react, you know, and I had to get therapy to figure that out. But yeah, talking to people who ain't listening to you. I, I figured that out pretty quick now. It took me years, though. It took me years of pain to try to keep somebody, to convince somebody, to treat me like everybody else, you know. I'm drawn to the fuckers. I'm drawn to the predators, you know. And if anything, I'm going to share about some ways how I avoid predation. And um, so my education can help you, right? So, um, but I have to get food in me sometimes. So when all food tastes like sawdust, uh, and I think that's a direct that's been since the rape recall, um, the turning off the food thing. Um, I've kind of had to manage my food thing because uh, when you used to cutting off your body, um, appetite's one of those things. For me, it's not anorexia or bulimia. It's more of a, I am not interested in eating. And I also think sometimes I can get in esoteric situations where I'll be chanting for an hour and a half, you know, nam yorenge kiyo, nam yorenge. Not a, that's not for everybody. <laughs> I was visiting a friend in Walla Walla when I was going back to visit my mama's ashes, which she asked me to lay um, at a place we used to hack. 
And, you know, after they're taking everything from you, after they're taking all of her, she had lost all her seniority. She lost all her seniority in that post office to be alive and have a job and keep her insurance and all that. I mean, and the house she had to walk away from, she had tens of thousands of dollars in Howard's house and he kept it. And I'm talking about it because it happened. And there's so many women giving up their money, so many women giving up their time. And our time is valuable, right? Our time is very valuable. So um, I'm wandering the fuck around. But I think I've learned how to watch out for predators, okay? Uh, And the thing is also, I may be paranoid. I may have perception issues. And personally, I think going for what works for me is going to a certified uh, therapist. Um, Keep in mind, there's some sick therapists out there, just like there's some sick people out there. So if you think about how many fucked up people's out there normally, well, it's going to be that many fucked up people in that goddamn therapy office too. Um, I've seen about five, six professional therapists. One of them was a toxic, horrible person that it took three to four years for me to get over because I talked about my abuse and she attacked people who talked about their abuse. (laughs) She attacked a famous daughter she has. She has a famous rock star daughter and this one was a therapist and she's toxic as hell. I'm not naming her, but she's got a daughter that documented what that woman did to her and that woman did it to me. I was about five years younger than her daughter when she did it to me. and I keep courting it. You know, like I sit there and go back, that was abusive, that was wrong. And then I go, how do you make peace? How do you make peace? And then I listen to that woman's music, talk about what her mama did to her, and I said she did it to me too. And I'm walking around going, ah, what do you do with that? You know, you just let the harm stand. You know, while well, they talk about their artisan silks and their cast, and they attack people who talk about what happened to them. And that's wrong. At the House of Valencia Street, I'm going to talk about it. Maybe you'll get to talk about it too. Maybe find a support group. You know, maybe go get a journal. Maybe go, why don't you start a podcast talking about your shit? Maybe you could sound as a <laughs> shining example or a horrible warning as I do, right? Because, you know, you want to be heard. I want to be heard. You know, but the thing that's shaking in my bones, the thing that's kind of when I meditate, they keep telling me, talk about the harm. Talk about the Valencia Street. Acknowledge. Be present with the pain. Talk about surviving. You know, there's a lot of us out there. Um Nearly 50% of the population is living autonomously in the United States. In some major uh, metropolitan cities, um, like New York, I can't say that for sure, but I was looking at, they had the top five. um, Over half the population is living autonomously. So just think about that. About 50% of the population, depending on where you're living geographically, but what do you think? 35 to 50% of the population is living autonomously. We don't talk about that. For some reason, money and stuff and 2.3 kids and a man and a woman, that's a family. And half of us, our reality isn't being acknowledged, you know? So I'm trying to come up with things like solo ager, you know? Now, granted, like I said, I keep myself secure and I got enough people taking care of me. But um, (laughs) some of us, that's the best way, you know, and it's okay. You know, some of us got some shit that we, <laughs> we're going to make people uncomfortable just being in that room because we're jangling with it because we lived through it, right? It's kind of like, this is how I perceive it, getting back to that plant thing. And one way I've survived is, you know, 25 years of volunteer and service work at the Humane Society. Um, by the way, let me put a plug in for that. There's a lot of animals in cages, um, and I know what it is to be an animal in a cage. <laughs> yeah. And, um... I empathize. Um, My sister calls me St. Francis (laughs) because that was the way I survived. That's why it was so hard for me to see that big tied up dog with that um, mental health situation next door at Valencia Street, right? So 
Um, but there's a lot of animals that need socialization. What does that mean? Depending on your humane society, you could go in and they'll set up an area where, you, you know, the one it worked at, I worked at, I did over 20 years with one and then I moved to a different city and this city has one that has, um, you have to have a schedule. And I'm a night owl. There's a lot of us that don't do, you know, I, I go to sleep when I want, I get up what I want. And that's how I live my life. You don't like that, there's a fucking door. So, um, but there's a lot of animals out there that need empathy. There's, and you know, if you get in therapy, be responsible. Don't make some, like, this is one thing I've seen since uh, the, you know, talking about Black Lives Matter and a lot of white people trying to figure out how to deal with their white guilt myself included, you know, and I've stumbled around trying to figure out how to support my, my black and brown friends, um, African-American friends, uh, Asian-American friends, uh, without sounding like a self-focused white person working out my white guilt saying, you know, I don't want other people to be accountable for my work. I got to go. I actually joined an, a white accountability group <laughs> for a while and just kind of processed that. We shared experience, you know, and I shared about Walla Walla because um, the Latinx community there, um, there's a lot of racism and I was racist. I was also scared because some of the workers would, as a child, be threatening to me or I was alone a lot. So I had to find out how to not get picked up by predators because um, mom was trying to survive as she could. And she had a predator that's trying to kill her, you know, so and it was, it's, a, it's a dicey fucking thing when you're a kid, you know, and um it's got a pretty house, you know, he beat the shit out of you. And then for Christmas, you get the sand, Cindy doll. I don't know if you remember the Cindy doll. It was like the cheap version of Barbie. <laughs> I think it was S-I-N-D-Y. And um, so, uh, <laughs> but what he do is he do shitty things like, oh, I remember one time Howard. And Howard was a supervisor at the post office in Walla Walla, at the Walla Walla post office. Place where steaming open letters of my mama and steaming open letters of my family and doing all kinds of things with my mama was just fine by the postmaster, just fine by the po police and the community. They were fine with the way he was treating me and my family. He, they're fine with it. And I'm just going to say that here at the house of Valencia street, right? Now I've lost my path because I'm blinking out. Sometimes when you remember trauma, everything stops. And now I lost my thread because there was a goddamn point on that one. I hope I was honoring my mama, whatever I was doing on that. I think you're turned, you're trained to shut down and not deal with it. And, you know, turn it off, talk about anything else, talk about anything else. I don't, you know, and um, my, <laughs> yet again, my phone makes an appearance on this fucking podcast. Okay. <laughs> welcome. You're going to get the authentic version. All right. You're welcome. So, um, I don't know. The vibe I'm getting right now is my ancestors are coming through. And when I'm meditating and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm holding pictures of the house of Valencia Street, my house, my ancestors are talking to me and they're saying, talk about it. Warn people, give them skills, be an example. You know, you survived. You're talking about it. And there's a lot of dead people that, you know, nobody's talking about. I don't think anyone's talking about Glenda or Tony. I don't know if anyone's remembered her, that big old girl. She's dead in her mid 25. And you know, that could have been me. That could have been me. Here, um, here's another thing, just your pondering stuff. Um, I'd like legislation to be changed for foster care so that when a foster child turns 18, um, they can continue to get foster care so they can finish their high school diploma. And let me give you a, a mechanical reason I'm mentioning this regarding legislation because, um, and also consider being a foster parent, just because we're fucked up and stuff, you know, we might want to get to a therapist, you know, maybe one or two of us like me can, you know, burn holes in paper with their mind or knock somebody over with their head. But uh, 
I mean, if you don't want me to, I won't. And I may not know I'm doing it like I, when I was a kid, but I'll tell you about some experiences. <laughs> anyway, where was I? So, uh, but you know, there's a lot of foster kids out there. And, and also the foster places I lived were, um, they're making money off us. Okay. And they were religious. And that's the thing too. You know how those predators going to get to you? Well, let's say a husband dies. You got squall kids need some food. Another way they're going to get to you? Religion. Oh, yeah. All kinds of religious people want to fuck your kids. <laughs> Here's another thing. Why does somebody need to use a shield or the surface of a religious entity to get their tasks done? Okay. And here's a pointer. My grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa, who's married to Mildred, I don't know if I'm going to mention his name, that guy that raped eight of us. My grandpa, well, he was raping kids at their church. Okay. And this is in Idaho. He's raping kids in that church. And they asked him to leave. They had to move out of town. They had to move out of town because he was raping kids in that church. I believe in Idaho. That's where he did me because I can remember that room. And I, oh God, my heart's pounding. Pause for a second. Whew. One of the reasons I'm here talking about this is I had a rape recall memory that this son of a bitch did to me, right? And um, I was four years old, okay? And it took 47 years. It took 47 years for that Pandora's box to pop. And this just happened last year. And this happened because um, much like much of us, we had to let go of some friends that we could kind of tolerate the Trump thing. And then 74 million going to vote for Trump. Let me give, I'm going to honor Trump. I'm going to say, Donald Trump, let me offer you an honor. You helped us identify that we weren't imagining this, that the resistance, the 40% less wage that I got while I was getting out double double output at that Fortune 100 company about 15 miles from me, or about the, how about my tires getting slashed over here? That happened over here at that titanium manufacturing plant. They called me uppity. They said I was make, taking a man's job. By the way, women. They're going to come at you for your gender. You got some options. BDSM and kink is going to give you some options for power and control if you want to evaluate that. You got people uh, telling you you ain't going to get an equal wage. You're going to tell people, you know, people tell you, you know, you're going to have the postmaster and the police and your community say you deserve to be beat into the hospital and nearly killed. Okay. Get educated, girls. You got some options. <laughs> Number one, educate yourself. Sister soldier. I believe the original quotation is uh, Mother Jones on that one. I think Mother Jones, uh, educate yourself for the oncoming wars. Uh, I'm losing the half of that. But So if anything, I evaluate predators because let me drop some stats on you and we're going to round out here. Okay. They just came out with a study. About 16 to 17% of people globally, uh, at least in the United States, they um, evaluate 16 to 17% are estimated to have an empathy disorder. Okay. Um, narcissistic personality disorder, cluster B personality disorder. These are descriptions that you're going to find in the DSM-5, and that's a diagnostic and statistical manual, okay, of psychiatric disorders. Um, if you go to a therapist uh, and you have an insurance, pay that, they know that DSM because to be a board-certified licensed therapist, they have to have that to code. And just like any medical thing, they got to pay code so they can charge your insurance for whatever you're processing, right? If you want, now I can't diagnose, I don't have the, I don't quite have the MSW for that, but um, you want to be educated, you can read those books, right? And uh, I have a copy of the DSM-3, and then I have a physical copy or a, a digital copy of the DSM-5. Um, now, it's not for everybody, but if you want to know what symptoms are, right, like narcissistic personality disorder. Now, I got an issue with that phrase. I believe that's an ad hominem. Uh, an ad hominem is uh, 
That's Latin for uh, attack of the person. Uh, an example of that would be Al Franken's uh, Rush Limbaugh's A Big Fat Idiot, number one bestseller. I love that irony because he's using an ad hominem because that's all Rush Limbaugh did <laughs> to make money. See, that, that that's, that's a beautiful little fucking triple entendre, whatever. You know, I'm the oh, Al Franken. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the inspiration. Anyway, shit, I'm coming down to a half hour. I'm trying to figure out how to disperse these. And I feel like if I do a half hour, I can keep it into a little snippet. But um, about 16 to 17% of the entire population has empathy disorder. That's about one out of six, one out of seven. Okay. Of that population, only one in five is going to be female. What does that mean? At least 10% of the population general is going to have empathy disorder and be male. One in 10. Now, that's my der derivation. You go ahead and do your own evaluation. But I'm thinking of two specific studies on that one. All right. Now, you know that the out there, one out of 10 is going to be an empathy disordered male. Okay. What do they do? Well, maybe next time that's what we're going to talk about. There's all kinds of scripts and things. Dr. Romani off of YouTube, she's a great resource on narcissism and empath. And you also have to be responsible, right, on that. But let's go ahead and round out. Um, <laughs> I'm running down on my 30-minute here. This has been a little snippet from the house on Valencia Street. You take care of yourself. You're never alone. I'm not here. Got all kinds of things shaking around, all kinds of bones. But I hope you're finding your path and your hope, and I hope your ancestors are talking to you, keeping you safe and sound. You got options. You know, I want you safe, okay? And you get to be here. You get to talk about honest things here at the house. Consenting and, you know, back and forth. But you got options here. And uh, you can get strong. You can get strong. You can fight those ghosts, even if they're in your bones. And today I'm using my peppermint tea to do that. And the fact that I think there's a human being out there, too, listening to me. It might be like me. Want to pick up that phone to that therapist. <laughs> Thank you, folks. I appreciate you.